Welcome to Expect Increase, where mindset and sales meet. We actually have an interview today with Dr. Tammy Lewis Wilborn. And so we're very excited about that. So let me introduce myself to you first. I'm Sharit Richardson, founder of Digital Innovation Media Group, where I'm the lead designer and head marketing strategist. What we do is we help our customers convert traffic to more clients, followers, and engagement. You can get more information at digitalinnovationmg.com. And I'm joined today, as always, by Rashana Price. How are you? Hey, Sharik, I'm doing great. Hello, everyone. I am Rashana Price, a leadership and success coach and trademark owner of the phrase, giver of awesomeness. I truly believe everyone has something awesome to give to the world around them. And I help my clients do that through coaching and speaking opportunities and helping them understand when bullies come, that they're coming for their awesomeness. You can learn more about me at RoshannaPrice.com. Great. Well, we're very, we have a treat today. We have Dr. Tammy Lewis Wilborn, and we're going to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about, more yourself. about yourself. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be with you all today. So my name is Dr. Tammy Lewis Wilborn, and I'm a board-certified licensed professional counselor, supervisor, and I help people to break cycles and live authentically. And the way that I do that is through my work, uh, both as a clinician, I'm an owner, um, the owner of Wilborn Clinical Services, a uh, practice based here in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I provide mental health counseling, um, coaching. I'm also a speaker, a professional speaker as well, um, and a coach. And so um, through, the, through those various spaces is where I'm able to really try to work with people to figure out does their mindset, their motivation, and their movement all lead to an authentic life. Um, and outside of that, I'm also the founder and producer of the annual Black Women's Wellness Conference, which I'm so excited about that. We're in our fourth year. And, and that was established in 2016 to promote mental health and well-being. And I know we'll talk maybe a little bit more about that later. So that's me. Oh, thank you for, for joining us. You have an amazing story. So we want to start off because our audience is, is built with Christian women, Christian business women. And so we love to ask our, our interviewees, how do you combine your faith and your business? So my faith in my business is, um, you know, being in a, as a professional counselor, it's, it's, it's really a unique space to be in, in terms of um, how we show up or how I show up in that, in that space, because um, I think the larger profession of counseling would say that who we are in that space is really a neutral facilitator of, of growth and healing and change. And so, um, you know, highlighting any particular aspect of our identity is something that we don't typically do. Now, that's what the profession says. Personally, I think my faith has um, almost everything to do with the way that I show up in this world, both professionally and personally. Um, and so I think being able to, in my opinion, respond to um, the gift that of counsel that was given to me um, and seeing the ways in which my, I guess, obedience to that call of, mm -hmm. of, of that gift 
has really helped transform the lives of thousands of people um, over a 20 year career. So um, it's, it's, it's an integral piece to how I show up in the world and the work that I've done. Excellent. Mm, that's powerful. That's powerful. What I love is that you said the word obedience mm -hmm. and being able to walk into that obedience mm -hmm. um, is so important. So in your walk and being obedient and getting started and building your practice and your and honing your craft, mm -hmm. how have you really handled being in a place where maybe you're the one, maybe woman of color or doctor of color or have you encountered any challenges with that? And <laughs> she's laughing. That's not <laughs> you laugh. Yes. Sorry there. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's okay. No, we want to hear. We one of the things that we love to do at Expect Increase is we talk about expectations, and you're further along than some of the listeners. So share with us the time that you encountered a challenge, or maybe you were in the room with maybe being one of the only or the only um, doctor, color, female, whatever that is for you. And how did you handle that situation? And what did you learn about yourself? Yeah, I think that's a really important question. Um, so uh, particularly for, for women of color, because my, actually my research uh, in my doctoral program examined the experiences of black women, low-income Black women with race and gender stereotypes at work. So this is actually mm -hmm. an area that I studied. Um, and the reason why I even got to that particular focus of study is because of an experience I had where I was working as a senior leader um, for a company that I basically was groomed to be a leader in um, and found myself um, basically being discriminated against by uh, the two women who were my supervisors at the time. I had somebody that I directly reported to, and then there was another woman who I reported to indirectly. She sort of served as a coach. Um, but these two women um, were, in my experience, discriminating against me because of who I was as a Black woman. Um, and at the time in that space as a senior leader, I was the only black woman, not only in that role, but I was the only black woman ever to be in that role in that particular company. And that company had been in existence for you know several years before I even got there. So there was certainly a unique pressure that I felt being in a space where I was the only uh, black woman at that moment in that role and then ever in that role. Um, but you know, again, because I have been groomed to be in that position, while there was pressure, I also felt like I was supposed to be there because the company had kind of gotten behind me and developed me to be in that space. And so, um, you know, as, as my luck would have it, one day I get the performance review. And typically, you know, that's where the, that's where it starts usually, yeah. or at least that's where it sort of blows up. Uh, you know, I got a performance review that was significantly lower than the performance review that I had the year before. And as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. as a senior leader, that performance review was the lowest I had ever had wow. in the intent, you know, the nine years that I was at that company. And so to me, um, it was clear that they were trying to create a paper trail to eventually demote me or get me out of that role. And um, 
it was a situation that I actually ended up pursuing um, through EEOC, uh, that's the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, who is charged with filing charges of, of discrimination in private sectors. Um, so, you know, filed an EEOC complaint and interestingly how I approached that whole fight was spiritually led because it, because it it that I would be in a fight first came to me in a dream so there was a dream that I had first about two snakes hmm. then it was a sermon there was a sermon uh, we were living uh, in Charlotte at the time. There was a sermon where the pastor was clearly talking. You know, you, you know how you have those moments mm -hmm. where you're like, he gotta be, or he has to be talking to me, right? Oh, so I had that. Moment. <laughs> I had that moment in church. So it was, it was, it was the dream. It was the sermon, and then it was the scripture. Mm. There was a specific scripture in Deuteronomy where God had basically told me how to fight this particular fight. And so I approach that fight and the fight being filing an EEOC complaint. Now keep in mind, now this is in sort of retrospect, but at the time, what I didn't realize was, although these experiences had happened to other people of color, not in the same position, but who had had leadership positions, although those experiences had happened to those folks, none of them had fought with EEOC or at least EEOC didn't take the claim because you got to be able to prove you know that people call I imagine people call EEOC all the time with different types of complaints and things like that so you really have to be able to establish with mm -hmm. some solid evidence that discrimination has actually occurred and so what I later learned is that no one had been able to really take it that far but what they didn't realize, they saw me as a, they saw me, but they didn't see who was behind me with this fight. So, and that, and that when I say they, or who was behind me, I mean, you know, the company didn't realize that while they were able to do that to other people, what they didn't realize, they didn't realize who they were fighting with. <laughs> because yeah. I had got, I had God with me and God had already cleared the path for how it would go. So I'm gonna get to the point, get to the end of this. I don't wanna take too long with telling the story, but you know, essentially um, because it was a fight that was guided by God in my opinion and, and clear in terms of how to proceed, ultimately that experience led, ended favorably with me uh, resigning and ultimately walking away with a settlement. But I think were it not for me um, following God's lead and were it not for me really leaning on him to understand what it was about, because mm -hmm. I think when those kind of experiences happen, then the first reaction you have is there's something wrong with me, right? I didn't do, I'm not good enough. You know, I should have never, I don't belong here you know, maybe they're right, you know, you start to kind of question your own worth and your own purpose. And I think it was God that was clear that, no, this is bigger than you, you know what I mean? So I think that probably was one of the biggest experiences that I had with being the only where I had, you know, I experienced racial discrimination at a job and had to go, you know, file an EEOC complaint. But what came out of that experience is my research because at the time I was also uh, in a doctoral program. I had just started my doctoral program and the whole reason why we were in Charlotte was for me to go to school 
Mm-hmm. And um, I started to get curious about because, you know, because I'm preparing this, you know, this documentation for EEOC, I got curious about, well, if this could happen to me, what does this look like for other people, right? Other Black women who may be similarly situated. And what I learned in my early research was that there was some research about people like me, you know, somebody at that time I had a master's degree and, you know, I was quote unquote, the person who had made it. But what the research showed was that there were few, there was no research about low income black women. And so that opened up an opportunity for me to, to kind of do some research on women who often are overlooked in these experiences. So that's a whole long story, but that's, you know, that's, that probably is one of the most significant um, experiences I had of being the only and, and kind of how that played out. That's powerful because, I mean, I definitely, you and I have already spoken about how, you know, I had a very similar experience to yours and that's so powerful. And I'm sure there's a woman right now in corporate or working in a company that's going through what you described. What are like three things that you would say to that woman who was like in her office with the door closed, head down, wondering what in the world am I going to do? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, first of all, you have to be clear on your why, right? I think a lot of us, Black women in particular, you know, because many of us come from working class backgrounds and things like that, a lot of times we just get the message, you know, get a good job and work twice as hard. We get all of these messages that are well-intentioned, but they're not wellness promoting, right? They're well-intentioned, but they're not wellness promoting. And so sometimes the reason why we're on certain jobs are not wellness promoting and, and we're not always clear about why we're in certain spaces. So I would I would encourage that person. I'm 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 a person I'm big on principle. My first thought would be to get clear about what is your why for why you're there. You know, if there is some um, if this particular space that you in is aligned with some kind of professional goal, then that might help you to think about is there something that I can do in the short term to take care of myself while I, I achieve this longer term goal, right? Because sometimes we get caught up in working for jobs instead of making the job work for us. So, yes. you know, how do you make it, if it's something that leads to your why or is a part of your why, is there a way to make this work for you, uh-huh. right? There, because again, if you're a spiritual person, you know God will be with you in the pit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right? Right. right. He, he will be with you in the pit. So if, if part of that pit experience has some greater benefit for you, then sometimes it's about how do you take care of yourself while you're in the midst of it. But if, you, if your why doesn't line up, if, in other words, if you're in a space where, you know, it doesn't line up with your goals, your experience, it doesn't meet any real need, then you may need to, you may need to make some decisions about exiting, right? Do I need to get out of this space and find a place that lines up with where I am or where I need to be. So I think the first thing is understanding your why. Yes. Um, I think the second thing is making sure that at the end of the day, you take care of yourself, right? Take care mm-hmm. of the base. I always like to say, take care of the basics. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because one of the things that we know, one of the things that I know and we know from the research, and especially I know personally, is that. A lot of times, you know, let's be clear, 
for women and black women in particular, work is one of the chronic sources of stress for black women, right? Yeah. Let's be really clear about that. The research shows that. Yeah. And so when we are experiencing these stressful work experiences, it leads to mental health and physical health challenges like depression, sleep disruption, weight gain, hair loss, addiction, anxiety, um, hypertension, migraines. This is all the things that the research shows that happens to us at work. And usually those things are happening because our health is the first thing to go, right? It's the first thing that we don't pay attention to is, you know, we're not sleeping, we're not, you know, exercising, we're not taking care of our bodies, we're not for example, if there's a mental health, if you're experiencing depression or anxiety, we're not talking to a professionally trained mental health professional to deal with that. So the second thing I would say is paying attention to our self-help, self-care and taking yeah. care of the basics. Yeah. Because if you are in a situation where you either have to fight or you even need to leave, you need to be able to have the health and the strength and the clarity to do that. And it's much harder to fight when you're not well. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I, absolutely. That's a third thing. I think the last thing, I mean, there's a number of things, but I think the third thing that probably relates to um, certainly the second and even the first, because in my, in my world, everything is interconnected, mm -hmm. is really having healthy boundaries and, and, and having balance. Because yeah. again, think about it. Most of us, regardless of where we work, because we are Black, because of our history in this country and, uh, and around the world, many of us, again, have received the message that we need to work twice as hard, right? To be twice mm -hmm. as good. Never let them see you sweat and all this other kind of business. Mm -hmm. Well, again, while those messages may be well-intentioned, they're not wellness-promoting. And so usually, we're doing too much, right? We're saying yes when we should be saying no. We're taking on more responsibility than we're getting paid for. I like to call it we're being mammied, <laughs> right? We're yeah. getting mammied at work. We're doing too, <laughs> too much. Yeah. And I always tell folks, especially with Black women, because we think that that's the role that we're supposed to be in. We're supposed to be the mammy of the, of the organization. Oftentimes, we get frustrated when we realize that we're working super hard, but we're not being paid for it. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, you're not being paid to be mammy, right? You're mm -hmm. being paid to do your job, do your job and stay with that part. And then learn how to cut, cut it off and have boundaries around work so that you can enjoy other aspects of your life because your professional identity is just one identity. It's not all of who you are. So have good boundaries and set them. Mm -hmm. That's good. That is really good. Um, yeah, I mean, you you just touched on so many things around the belief systems and how how we grow up with belief systems or how we take these on based on what we've been taught or, or all of that. So um, what is one scripture that you hold on to as you're navigating the world you live in and as you're helping your clients? Is there one of your favorite scriptures that you hold on to? Um. I'm trying to think. I'm one of those people. I'm not good with like quoting scriptures. Yeah, I just, it could be totally paraphrased too. Cause sometimes I'm like, you know, somewhere in the Bible, it says something like this. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I think the first thing that comes up for me just like immediately is you will know a tree by its fruit. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that feels really important is I think, especially when I kind of reflect on my own personal experience, both as a professional, but also just as a wife and as a mother and all of these other roles that I, that I am a part of, as well as what I sit across from in terms of my clients. So I would say about 98% of my clients are black or women and most specifically women of color, uh, mostly black women, but other women of color. And a lot of times when we look at ourselves, we don't always see ourselves as we are. Hmm. And right, like the woman that looks back at us may or may not be the reflection or may not be, may not be the reflection of who we believe ourselves to be. And so if you're operating and walking through life with the script that you're bad fruit, that there's something wrong with you, that there's something that you're not good enough. Yes. That, not only does that, but that, that belief system not only affects how you feel about yourself, but also ultimately how you show up in the world. And so for me to have a scripture that tells me you will know a tree by its fruit. And by that, when I think of fruit, I think of evidence, right? Looking for the evidence, if you will. If I can look for evidence of goodness in my life and and see growth and see peace and see healing and see wellness, that means I'm bearing good fruit. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm, That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's so many women, you know, whether they work for themselves or they're in corporate, because most women I'm sure who are, are in court, I mean, entrepreneurs have worked in corporate and are just shaking their heads like, yes, that was me. Or they're saying, yes, that's me right now. And mm-hmm. so I know they would have been blessed just by hearing your story and how you were able to successfully fight back and that it is possible uh, to fight back and that God will give us the tools that we need to mm-hmm. do just that. And earlier you mentioned, I just want to, um, before we close, I want to give you an opportunity to tell us more about the Black Women's Wellness Conference that's coming up in a couple of months. So the Black Women's Wellness Conference um, of New Orleans was established in 2016. And actually, it was established as an extension of my doctoral research, examining Black women's experiences at work. And um, every, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of this particular conference, and it's actually grown this year. We have a, um, a title sponsorship through the New Orleans East Hospital, so we're super excited about that. But it, it was actually started, um, again, with the goal in mind of promoting mental health and well-being in Black women, specifically because as a population, oftentimes we don't have access to information or resources or professionals who understand the unique experiences that black women have and how it affects our our health and mental being mental well-being and so the conference really was established as an opportunity to kind of fill that void not serving as quote unquote professional you know advice that you would get from a mental health professional but rather identifying unique aspects of wellness that apply specifically to black women. So we basically take wellness and slice it into a pie. Um, the first year was mental health, the second year or mental wellness, the second year was physical wellness, the third year was spiritual wellness. Now we're in our fourth year is occupational wellness. 
So essentially we take wellness, we slice it into a pie, and then we, and, and that's what I mean when I say slice it into a pie, focusing on these different areas. And then we invite women who are uh, practitioners or experts on that particular topic to come and share and talk with us. So this year is Occupational Wellness, and it's all about leveling up in 2020. 2020 is the year of vision, I think it's the year of increase. It's the year of clarity. I think Black women, um, we're, we're one of the largest growing segments of entrepreneurship in 2018. 2.8 million Black women started businesses, and that number is expected to continue to grow. How many of us are sitting at a job and we're like, I'm working on your dream. I should be working on mine, right? right. not paying me enough, right? Exactly. And not using my experiences. So this year, it's about oh no girl it's time to get it let's get it right so um we have three strands our focus is entrepreneurship um the second one is leadership development so there we're talking about leading with impact and then the third one is about wellness at work so how do you maintain mental health and well-being at work um it's saturday march 14th and uh it's a one-day event and we're so excited we have um I mean, straight bosses that are there. It's a full day of interactive fireside chats. We have panels, we have speakers. Um, and what else can I say? It's wonderful. The registration includes lunch. We have vendors. We have somebody that's going to be doing massages, uh, folks that are going to be doing selling, shopping, all the kind of things that we like. So super excited about that. March 14, 2020. Awesome. And then also just tell us my, our listeners where they can find you. So they want to, they listen to you, they've connected with you and now where can they find you online? Absolutely. So, um, I am on, I have a website. So Dr. Tammy Lewis is where they can find me to learn more about all the stuff that I'm doing there. And that's actually the website for the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, also on Facebook under same thing, Dr. Tammy Lewis Wilborn. Um, there's a Facebook group, um, Facebook community for the Black Women's Wellness Conference. So if you search Black Women's Wellness Conference of New Orleans, you'll find us there on Facebook. Uh, and we're also on Instagram. I'm on Instagram under I am Dr. Tammy. Awesome. We thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your story. I know that you blessed so many of our listeners. And so we definitely thank you for your time, just taking the time out of your day to uh, speak with us. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It was a pleasure to be with you both and be, be with the rest of the Expect Increase audience. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we just thank you all for listening with us today. And just keep in mind, this is a pre-recorded episode. I'm Sharique. You can find me on Instagram at Digital Marketing Works. My Facebook page is Digital Innovation Media Group. And I'm the only Sharique Richardson, L. Richardson MBA on LinkedIn. Roshana, where can we find you? You can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Giver of Awesomeness and on LinkedIn and Twitter as Roshana Price. Great. Well, we thank you for listening and we will definitely chat with you next time. Are we clear? Are you still?